You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Everyone, and happy new year. Great to have you here at our service online church. Welcome to our 10 a.m. botany service. Pastor Stephen Becks, if you're out there somewhere, feet up and join the sun. Don't worry, the old fellas and the young fellas have got it, haven't we, Adrian? So we've got that here. As uh, Pastor Adrian said, we're doing this series on the promises of God through January. And uh, I'm sure some of you made promises to yourself at the start of this year. New Year resolutions. How are you doing with those? Probably a few broken ones already. I want to suggest to you there are some promises that God has given to us which are going to probably stay with you much longer than the ones that you made to yourself on New Year. See, God's promises are new, uh, important to us. We hang our hopes on the promises of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 said, For all the promises of God in Him are yes and amen, in Him amen to the glory of God through us. You know, we need to hang on to the promises of God when everything around us has been shaped. God's word is the one thing that is like an anchor for our souls. It is what we put our hopes in. We build, it is what gives us peace in the midst of a storm. And there's a great story in the Bible about the nation of Israel and they are entering into the promised land, the land that God had promised for them. They had gone through as a nation 400 years of slavery in Egypt, come out of that. They'd gone through the wilderness for another 40 years, hanging on to this promise that God was going to give them this land. They called it the promised land. God was going to bring them through. And uh, now they come and they're right on the edge of it. Uh, they had the Jordan River, which was there before them, which was blocking them. Uh, God uh, did amazing miracles. So as a nation, they could go through. It was in full flood at the time of the year where the river was overflowing its banks. Uh, they were able to go through that and standing right on the edge of the promised land, now ready to possess it. And in Joshua chapter 4 and verse 1 to 9, it tells us a story. We'll pick it up from this point there. And it said, when all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, now choose 12 men, one from each tribe, tell them take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan, carry them out and pile them up at a place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel, and he told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. You'll use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. And so the men did as Joshua had commanded them. They took stones from the middle of the Jordan River, one for each tribe, just as the Lord had told Joshua they carried them to the place where they camped for the night and constructed the memorial there. Joshua set up another pile of 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan at the place where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing, and they are there to this day. And so these stones, they were to be a memorial. There would be a future generation. There would be a generation that would be born in the promised land. They hadn't been part of being slaves. They hadn't been part of walking through the wilderness. They were born in the comfort of the promised land that God had given to them. And they would not remember what had happened beforehand. 
They would not remember the, the horror of being a slave. They would not remember the amazing miracles that God did where he provided supernaturally food for them and water out of the rock and did great miracles to enable them to get into the promised land. They would not remember all that. They were born in the promised land. They just took it for granted. It is what they had always known. It is what had always been part of their life. They, they just didn't know anything different. That was their life. And they would not remember what had happened before. And God knew that this would happen. He said in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 17 and 18, he said, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant, which he swore to his ancestors, and it is today. How do we stop this happening? You know, how do we stop it happening that, that we take for granted what we have? You know, how, we, we can just enjoy what God has given to us and our children enjoy what God has given to us and, and uh, we just take it all for granted. It's always been like that and yet people have struggled. There's been a striving to give us what we have today. How do we keep our own fresh faith journey before God? And I wanted just to suggest a few things which out of the story here that can help us. And the first thing I want to suggest is that don't forget the previous sacrifices. Don't forget the previous sacrifices. God said, take these stones and pile them up where you live so that when your children pass by and they say, what do these mean? What's the meaning of these stones? You'll be able to tell them that it was God. God was the one that brought you out of slavery. God was the one that did the miracle and parted the waters. And, and God was the one that gave you this amazing land in which you're living in today. It was God who did that. If you had, have freedom today, it is the story behind these stones. If you have prospered today, it is the story behind these stones. If, if you have a talent and you're successful today, it is the story behind these stones. When your children come and they ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them how how the Lord was with you. The Lord was with you in the middle of the Jordan River and the priests carried the Ark of the Covenant across on bare land. Tell them about the story of the wonderful miracle, the goodness of God, the promises of God, how he's fulfilled all his plans for you. See, we, we must never forget this. We stand on the shoulders of previous generations and, and your ancestors, they sacrificed to give you what you have today. I was reading a little bit of our family history and recently and, and a little bit about my great-grandfather. And uh, he was a soldier uh, in the uh, 65th Regiment of the Imperial Army and he left Ireland and in a ship and they were delivering a shipload of convicts to Australia. We always, as our family, we like to do our bit. And, uh, <laughs> and he was a smart man. He left them in Australia and then came to New Zealand. Uh, he probably had to because he was a soldier and there were some wars going on in New Zealand that he had to come be a part of that. But, but so he arrived in New Zealand around about 1850. And, um, but these generations, like they pioneered. We were recently down in uh, Tikawiti and uh, to one of my cousin's place and went up and had a look at my, my grandfather's uh, the place where his house, the house is not there now, but I've got photos of it, it would not pass today. You would not be allowed to rent it out today. The government would fine you if you rented it out today. You know. But they pioneered. 
They cleared bush and, 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 and created farms and wealth. And, 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 and when they had babies, they had to go on horseback and up and down valleys and through rivers and everything to, to get there. They, they lived tough lives to give us the life that we have today. You know, I admire people that come here to New Zealand that are the first generation to New Zealand. What huge courage to leave your homeland. Yeah, we've been overseas and, and lived for 18 months at a time, but we always had our house back here. We always had family and everything. We always knew that we were going to come back here. But to sell up everything and, and to leave family and to leave your job and, and often much of the financial security that you had and come to a new nation and many uh, have never been here before, what a huge sacrifice that was. And if you ask, why do you do it? Most would say because they want their children to have a better life. Most would say that the sacrifice they have made for the next generation. And, and uh, two Sundays ago, we said farewell to Pastor Boyd and Sharon as they moved to take up the position of uh, the senior pastor at our Wellington uh, Elam Church. And it's a great story. Um, but they're going to an established church, they're going to an established congregation within New Zealand. So I think the real heroes of their story is Boyd's mum and dad. And they left the, uh, the war zone of Sri Lanka, the north of Sri Lanka, the war with the Tamil Tigers and the government. Um, and they left and they moved down and they didn't know where they were going, looking for a country whose builder and maker is God. They didn't know where they would end up, but they ended up here in, in New Zealand. What an amazing story. Story of faith, the story of courage to take your, fa your family and not even know what the end is going to be. What a great journey of faith. And it's amazing and it's good to see Pastor Boyd and Sharon take a step of faith and, and go down to the Wellington Church. But the story didn't begin with them. See, these tones tell us not to forget the generations that have gone before. And if they hadn't have done what they did, you wouldn't be able to do what you were doing. See, if we forget this, then pride can set in. See, history is a muddy business. We, we clean history often, and, and uh, we tell the story, and, and it sounds glamorous. But actually, it was very hard. It was very dirty, often, the true story. Today, we see some beautiful extensions that are going on uh, out the side there. We're going to have uh, you know, beautiful calf and children's rooms and, and uh, some amazing meeting rooms and, and so on. It's, but you need to remember, once there was nothing. This church began in a school hall. Uh, the children's programs were in lockers under the school hall. Uh, the, the creche was in the corridor outside the principal's office. Uh, also, the toilets happened to be outside the principal's office too, which was, uh, I won't go into that. But anyway, but it was not nice. Uh, you know, June Smith, who still attends our church, probably be in the next service. Uh, she, she looked after the creche for many, many years there. But God has given a promise. And in his promises, uh, yes and amen. And, uh, you know, God, God has blessed. But we are not to forget the previous sacrifices. The second thing I want to suggest to you out of the story here is don't forget the promises of God. Don't forget the promises of God. In the story here, the people are uncertain. Joshua's uncertain. Uh, he's uh, unproven as far as God is concerned. And, and he comes down to the Jordan ri uh, River there. And, and all he has to fight with is what God promised him. God had said, as I had been with Moses, so I shall be with you. That's all he had. He had a promise from God. 
And so he comes down to this Jordan River, and this time it's the Jordan River, not the Red Sea that Moses had faced uh, earlier there. And uh, this is the moment where he gets public validation of the call of God. Everybody's watching. This is, this is the public validation that, that God has put his hand upon him. God has anointed him to take over from the great Moses. This is, this is his big moment. Uh, everyone that had maybe questioned his calling, wondered whether he was the right one, this was going to shut them up for good. And he comes down and he stands at the edge of the Jordan River just as Moses stood at the edge of the Red Sea. Moses held up his rod, the waters parted. Joshua stands there, nothing happens. Nothing happens, nothing at all. The priests are behind him, people are behind him, the promise of God is before him, nothing happens. What do you do when it's your big moment and nothing happens? What do you do when, when you, what you try doesn't work? What do you do when you're sensing a promise of God? And, and, and this text here, it's not about what worked, but it's about what didn't work. What do you do when you, you're carrying a promise of God and, and it doesn't seem to be working? And if God was going to be with Joshua as he was going to be with Moses, surely he had to stick up his stick, hold up his hand or do something like that and the waters would part and they'd walk across on dry land. Nothing happened. Can you imagine what the crowd behind him was saying? You could almost feel it. You know, you're like blood would be running to his head a little bit and, and uh, he'd, he would be wondering, no move from heaven, no rushing wind, no blowing, no parting. No anointing it looked like. No anointing at all upon him. And this is the moment that he must decide. He had to decide right there. And then, see, there comes a, a, a pivotal moment in, in the time of your life where nothing is happening. What are you going to do? You're going to have to make a decision. You're carrying a promise from God and nothing's working. You haven't made a decision. Are you going to tuck in your tail and turn and run away? Or are you going to take, take, keep taking some steps forward, looking to the promise of God that is before you? God said to him, as I was with Moses, shall I will be with you. He didn't say, I'm going to do with you what I did with Moses. He didn't say that. He just said, he's going to be with you as I was with Moses. That was the promise. And he stepped down towards the water. Going down to the Jordan River. It's like an immovable object that is there. Nothing's happening. Maybe you're ready to walk into something that doesn't seem to be moving. You know, maybe you're ready to walk into something that is like laughing in your face and just saying it's not going to happen and God's not with you and it's not going to work out. If God had been with you, your husband or your wife wouldn't have, wouldn't have left you. If God was with you, all hell wouldn't have broken loose in your life. If God was with you, you wouldn't be having to go through what you're going through right now. You wouldn't be facing what you're facing right now. If God was with you, you wouldn't be having to fight the enemy. All these things are going on in your mind. And the only thing you've got is to stand on the promise of God. Is God faithful? Joshua is in the water. Now his feet are getting wet. He's standing on the promises of God. See, it's really important. Don't forget the past sacrifices. Don't forget the promises of God. But the third thing I want to suggest to you this morning is have your own faith story. Have your own faith story. If you want to stay fresh in God, if you, want to, if you don't want to become complacent, if you don't want to end up being like a second-generation Christian, have your own faith story. 
It's important to remember the previous sacrifices. It's important to remember the promises of God. But there comes a point where you have to step out in life and have your own faith story. You cannot live in your parents' faith. So you cannot live in the faith of a previous generation. Sadly, in the Bible, we read this is what happened, where the people, they didn't develop their own faith story. They didn't uh, remember the miracles that God had done. They hadn't seen the miracles that God had done. And so they settled into the land, and the book of Judges tells us over and over again, after the death of Joshua, that the different tribes of Israel, they couldn't drive the enemy out of the land. For some reason, they never had the courage. The enemy became a thorn in their side. They never had the faith to drive them out. The very next chapter after Joshua died, we read in Judges chapter 2, verse 1 to 3, it says, The angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochum and said, I brought you up out of Egypt and led you into the land I swore to give to your ancestors. I said, I will never break my covenant with you, and you shall not make a covenant with the people of this land, but you shall break down their altars. Then it says, Yet... You have disobeyed me. Why have you done this? And I have also said I will not drive them out before you. They will become traps for you and their gods will become snares for you. See, you need to have your own faith story. You may be in the middle of transition. You may be in the middle of some sort of change at the moment. You may be facing some sort of obstacles in your life and you thought was going to work in God was going to work in one way and it didn't work out the way that you thought it, didn't, it worked out. And, and then you kind of think, well, maybe God's not with me in this. It's not working out. You know, just because it doesn't work out the way that you thought it was going to work out doesn't mean that God is saying no. Just because the water didn't part at the bank like it did with Moses doesn't mean that it's not going to part in the middle like it did with Joshua. And Joshua steps out in the water. You can just picture it. Already the type is broken. These people, their parents would have told them, when we walked out of Egypt, we didn't even get our feet wet. We just walked on dry land right across the Red Sea and nothing, just dry land. And here's Moses, he's up to his ankles, he's up to his They say, that's not God. This can't be God. We walked out on, our parents told us that they walked out on dry land. This can't be a move of God, what's happening now. You know, this guy, something's lost, the anointing's gone, there's something different about this, it doesn't look right, God isn't moving, maybe God's not with us. And Joshua just kept on walking, and all the murmuring and the complaining, he kept on walking. In controversy, he kept on walking. Our country is in controversy at the moment, our world is in controversy at the moment. What do you do when everything seems to be bad? Everything seems to be going wrong. People are trying to figure out what's happening. You keep on walking. You have a promise of God before you. You just keep on walking. You know, God is on your side. You just keep on walking. Joshua and the priest stepped out into the water when they got into the middle of it. Sometimes you've got to get into the middle of a mess and God shows up. You know, I think that if you're standing on the edge and waiting for God to part the waters, you'll wait a long, long time. I found that when we take some steps, and if we take some steps, we get out into the middle, God meets us halfway. If you go halfway, God promises that he will meet you halfway. You need to take some steps of faith. You need to develop your own faith story. 
when you have your own faith story, you will see God work miracles in your life. You will roll back the waters. Things will happen to you. God said every place where the priest stood firm, take a rock. And when the children of Israel passed over to the other side, they took a rock where the priest's feet had been, where their story of faith had been. They took a rock and they made a memorial. What God was saying to them, I'm going to make your moment into a memorial. I'm going to make your moment into a memorial. God will take your faith steps. Every place where your feet stands, where the priest has stood, take a rock. God will take your faith steps and make a memorial out of you. A memorial is something that you remember. A memorial is something that you teach your children. A memorial is something that sets a standard, sets a standard that sets you apart. Uh, a memorial is your story. It is your history. It is your destiny. It is your legacy. Don't leave this planet without creating your own memorial. See, you need a faith story, something that proves to the world that I was there. You need your faith story where you knew where God acted on your behalf. See, it's just so easy that, that we live in the, in the plenty, the bounty of what previous generations have done. And we don't have a faith story of our own. You know, we need to take some steps of faith so that we, have a, we leave behind us a memorial, a faith story that we can teach our children, we can show to others that follow after us. It's all about the promises of God. The Bible said, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them how God was with them. In the middle of Jordan, God was with them. How, how God led them out of, the, out of Egypt. God took them through into the promised land. Tell them that God's promises find their yes and, and their amen in him. Tell, tell, tell them that it was God that gave me the ability to prosper. The success you now enjoy, it was God that gave me the ability to prosper to enable you to have that. Develop your own faith story. See, I kind of think that 2021 is a great year to have a faith story. When the world is in chaos, what does the Bible say? When the enemy comes in like a flood. When the enemy comes in like a flood, when the world is in chaos, the Spirit of the Lord sets up a standard through the people of God, through the people of God that are developing their own faith walk, through the people of God that are stepping on things and, and, and picking up stones and creating a memorial. And the world will look and see in awe at what the people of God are doing what God is doing through his, his people, through Christians. That is what we need at this moment in the world right now. Each one of us, I encourage you today, make this year a year of your faith story. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I just pray for each person here. Lord, I just pray that you'll give them courage, O oh God, to step out and trust you and believe in you. Lord, to believe in your promises. Those that are carrying something in their heart, Lord, that you'll give them courage to step into the water. Well, things may not happen immediately, but encourage to step into the water, O oh God, because you have promised that if we step out in faith with you, that you will meet us halfway. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, can we thank Pastor Luke for a great word? If you're this morning and, and you maybe you find yourself here but you don't know Jesus you don't have a relationship with him maybe you once did but for whatever reason you've you've fallen away and but today you're coming back I want to give you an opportunity to, to, to take to take a step towards God you know, as Pastor Luke said the Bible says that if we draw near to him he will draw near to us 
And the, the truth is, is that He loves you, is that He's got a plan for you, is that He's got a purpose for you, He's, he's made you, um, and He wants to be in relationship with you, not just in eternity in heaven, but here on earth today, He wants to have a relation with you. We can actually have a relation with God, but the problem is, is this thing called sin or our mistakes or, or us going our own way. The, the things we do wrong is what separates us from God. But the good news is, is that Jesus, He came to earth in the form of a man. He is God and, and came in the form of, of a man, but chose to die on a cross, a criminal's death to be the sacrifice and the payment for our sins. And this morning, if you want to get right with God, I want to give you that opportunity. I want to uh, invite you to pray a really simple prayer. I'm going to pray it out loud, and you can pray it uh, along with me uh, in your heart. Uh, and uh, if that's you this morning, I want to encourage you to pray that prayer. Would you do that? I want to, just going to ask everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads, and I'm going to uh, pray and invite you to pray along with me. Say these words. Say, Dear Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. I recognize that I need forgiveness. Would you come into my life and make me new? Would you forgive me my sin? Today I choose to follow you. Would you be my Lord or would you be my Savior? In Jesus' name I pray. And if that's you, while heads are still bowed and eyes are still closed, if you prayed that prayer this morning, I'd love to know who, um, I wanna pray for you, but I wanna know who I'm praying for. And so I'm gonna ask you to do something really brave. I'm gonna ask you to pop your hand nice and high so I can see it. And once you popped it up, I'll acknowledge it and you can put it back down and then I'm gonna pray for you. Here we go, nice and brave. One, two, three. Hands going up now, awesome, awesome. I see that hand on my left. Anybody else saying, yeah, I prayed that prayer this morning, awesome. In front of me, I see that hand. Anybody else saying, yeah, I invited Jesus to my life. Three online, awesome, I see you online. Anybody else saying, I prayed that prayer. Amazing. God, I just thank you for those people here in the room and online, God, that have chosen today to follow you. God, I pray that you would bless them. I pray you have your hand on them. God, I pray that you'd come into their world in an amazing and a real way. God, would you transform their life? God, would you bring around people that can encourage them and, and, and help them to walk out this journey of faith? God, as they read the Bible, would it come alive to them? Would it transform them? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Church, can we celebrate all those people that prayed that prayer? Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancentre.org.nz.